is going to be for the horror film Talk to Me. Um, and this horror film is made by two Australian directors. This is an Australian film. Um, yep. It is also a A24 film. There, A24, people know, always known for that good quality content there. Uh, making movies. Is this another kind of great movie from this studio? We'll, we'll let you know. Um, in this kind of horror movie thriller here, um, it's kind of revolving around a game, um, and that game, a uh, party kind of game, where people come together, they pull out this hand, you, you extend your hand, get kind of give it a handshake, and then you say, mm -hmm. talk to me, right? And when you see when you say that, you'll see a, a demonic spirit kind of come, a ghost appear, um, mm -hmm. and then you have the option to say, um, I invite you in, and then you kind of become possessed by this uh, game. And then the very, very specific rules of this game is that you cannot let the, the ghost be inside you for more than 90 seconds. If you do, uh, well, that would be very, very bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, they say in the movie because they'll want to stay. They want to stay. Um, directed by this is two brothers, Danny and Michael uh, Filippo. Um, yeah, Danny and Mike, yeah, Danny and Michael Filippo, who are behind the YouTube channel Raka Raka. And that channel is uh, known for its kind of live action horror comedy and how intense they are, especially with uh, with a lot of their uh, horror stuff, a lot of practical effects, a lot of gore, very similar to uh, kind of how uh, Damien Leone got his start. Mm, right. So, yeah. Um, so I'm finding out about these guys. Uh, Brandon was telling me a little bit about them, that he's been following their career. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you mentioned that they were YouTubers, so that's pretty nice there. Um, and this is their first feature film, correct? Yes, this is their directorial debut. They were both, and this isn't their first time in the uh, in the film industry. They've uh, also worked on The Babadook. I think they were uh, part of the crew on there. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, Michael Philippu, he fought on the undercard of KSI Logan Paul, which oh. is really cool to read on their Wikipedia page. And he actually won. Nice. So good on him. He's got some hands. Good on him. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So if you talk shit about his movie, you can whoop your ass. <laughs> you, um, you can and will. <laughs> yeah. Um, here leading the movie, you have a woman, a, a woman named Sophie Wilde. Um, yep, All, you know, also making her feature film debut. Oh, really? Okay, because she does a very impressive job um, in this. Um, I would have never guessed that. Um, and she's playing a young woman. She recently just lost her mother. She has, mm -hmm. you know, a very strained relationship with her father because of that. Um, and she kind of has, you know, formed this close relationship with this other family with her uh, best friend here. Um, and uh, what was her best friend's name? Uh, uh, Jade. Was... She's played by Alexander Jensen. And uh, Jade's little brother, Riley, who's played by Joe Bird. Hmm. Okay. And their mother, who's played by Miranda Otto from uh, Lord of the Rings, and of course, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, yeah, she's kind of the really, I think, the only real recognized. She's the biggest. Face. She is the biggest name in this. Yeah, for sure. uh, yeah. This yeah. is yeah. This movie was made on a budget of four point five million, and it's already exceeded ten at the box office, which it's. I think it's A 24s second highest grossing weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so that's very good. Um, so yeah, Miranda Otto is probably the biggest name in this. Uh, so yeah, very kind of you know a lot of you know first timers, um, you know, and people have been in small little things kind of here and there. Um, so I will say, you know, about this movie, um, 
kind of the whole concept of it about like this kind of game of the, you know this demonic possessions and it'd be turning mm-hmm. kind of like this viral thing almost um there for these kids like, like that's a party trick you know mm-hmm. I, I can almost saw it as a metaphor for you could say like drug use you know mm-hmm. what i mean by how like there's a new drug that you know kind of hit the street and all these kids are trying it like they become quickly addicted mm-hmm. to it like you see sophie wilde's character like she you know gets possessed and you see her reaction afterwards it's not like yeah. i never want to do that it's again like a- yeah, it's like it's like a high that she experiences uh, after being possessed by through this hand, and you see more and more of that allegory, especially as the film goes on. Especially and especially because it's like a thing. Whenever it's happening, kids around will pull out their phones and start recording, and that's very much an allegory for drug and alcohol use, especially when characters are kind of zonked out while they're possessed. Yeah. You know, these kids, they can't just regularly just do fentanyl like regular teens. <laughs> they, <can't, you> know? <laughs> they can't just you know? smoke. They can't just smoke weed like we used to do back in the day, allegedly. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, man, got this new shit, man. Demonic possession, man. It's hot. It's hot yeah, so, thing, man. Yeah. You got to wait 21 to drink, but you can be six to summon the devil. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, man, just came just regular teenagers, you know? Um, so yeah, I, th- I thought that was kind of like, you know, that kind of this cool, like you said, allegory type situation for that drug mm-hmm. use, you know, uh, you know, substance abuse that, that you had, like they get this high off of it, you know, like it's, you know, Sophie Wise character, she's constantly doing it over and over again. Um, and just getting this mm-hmm. incredible high on it. You see that, you know, all the kind of types of crazy stuff happens when they get possessed, you know, they just, some, you know, sing while they do it, you know, some kind of get turned on while they do it, you know, there's kind of a gross scene with a dog in this, uh, that kind of happens in this. Um, so all kinds of, yeah, like all types of crazy stuff kind of happens in this. And when you see kind of get more and more dangerous for the people who involved in the game, um, especially Sophie Wilde's character, you see that, um, so I thought that was kind of very effective what they do. And a lot of the, um, you mentioned this as a budget of only what, $5 million? Yeah. Yeah. Four point four and a half million dollars. And all of this is done. All of the effects in here that you see, all of the kind of, because uh, you see some of the spirits that end up uh, getting let into these teenagers and they all have this very, very gross look to them. And all of it's done practically, especially when, uh, later in the movie, you get a spirit that has a connection to Mia. And the longer the movie goes on, because that spirit sticks around, she gets more and more, more and more rotted and demon-like. And all of it is practical effects, which is amazing to see that a horror movie, especially with this kind of a low budget, is still capable of doing them and having them look this good. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, great effects, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. with a lot of the ghosts and everything like that, like really good. You mentioned it's done practically. A lot of great work done there about like how grotesque they look, you know, um, so kind of zombified they kind of look. It's it's really, really impressive work. So I was very, very impressed by that. Um, toss it to you. Uh, what are some kind of your opinions on this? My opinions on this, I was... I've kind of already heard the hype around this movie about how this was going to be one of the one of the best one of the best horror movies of the year one of the scariest movies of the last couple of years and I'm a big horror fan horror film fan I absolutely love the genre especially last year I think most of my uh, top ten were uh, horror films stuff like Black Phone stuff like X Pearl. Uh, <clears throat> and terrifier and here i think where a lot of those movies delve more into the uh, like visceral violence that comes with horror i feel like this movie more so delves into the deep psychological aspects of it especially with uh, 
how this movie is tackling grief. Mm. And it's kind of a kind of incredible that this came out the same weekend as a uh, haunted mansion, which also tackles a similar subject. And I think this one is definitely has a more nihilistic twist to it and how uh, the inability to let go and move on from grief can have dire consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you kind of see that a lot in horror movies, you know, grief and its impact on people and how it kind of leads them to do very dangerous things. Again, you know, that when they bring about the metaphor of, uh, you know, substance abuse here mm -hmm. that's in the movie of just about, you know, grief will kind of make you turn to other substances, you know, mm -hmm. for, you know, uh, as an escape, as a yeah, getaway. Ch yeah, chasing a high to numb that pain that you're too afraid to face yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and a lot of these actors, um, you know, like I said, very great from them. Uh, a lot of their first time, you know, doing anything. Yeah, and, um, and especially when they're playing the game and they have to embody all these different spirits, they're all fantastic. And the standout here is Joe Bird, who plays Riley. Mm, yeah, I mean, because he has a great sequence in this. Mm. Um, really yeah, sequence. he has the most hard to watch, horrifying sequence in the movie. Yeah, um, so I thought that was really good. Um, yeah, um, so this is a great directorial debut from these two guys. I can't wait to see what they do next. Um, you know, you know, them gonna, I don't know if they're gonna emerge as new big names in horror, you know what I mean? Like we've kind of seen, uh, they, maybe that they become the new big names in horror if they go ahead and take the payday from Marvel or uh, whatever they decide to do next. There's a there's a maturity with the writing and direction in this, as well as how they're using a lot of these practical effects, as well as the uh, sound design in this, because this goes more into like the earlier James Wan stuff where they would just have things kind of linger in shadows and have the sound build up. And that really is the scare instead of just having something jump at you. Mm, yeah. And it's, I think it is very effective. Uh, a lot of the horror stuff. Um, Ready right Infantry says on a scale of weird A24 movies out there, um, <laughs> is this uh, on it says, Oh, you know, you said on a scale of weird A24 movies, how out there is this? Um, mm. I wouldn't say it's the weirdest thing they've ever done. I mean, oh, it, no. it, you know, yeah, I mean, this, it's, is, it's, this isn't this isn't like uh, that cheap movie they did, or even uh, something like Men that they did. I feel like yeah. this is a little bit more palatable as a horror movie. Yeah, I mean, because it is just, I mean, simple kind of concept of just demonic possessions, yeah, yeah. everything and, like that. Yeah, something that I think really stands out about this movie is that demonic possessions, stuff with the supernatural, dealing with spirits, uh, men playing with forces that they can't and should, shouldn't understand and will never understand, none of that is new. But there's a new spin on this that Danny and Michael Phillippe have that somehow still makes this feel fresh. In, yeah. in that they are taking it more as like, what if teenagers were had the capability of doing this? Oh, they turn it into a party game. Yeah, turn it into a party game. So I thought that was, yeah, like I said, your very unique spin on the whole common demonic possession mm -hmm. thing. Thank you, Chris Atham. Thank you for the subscription. Hello. Very much appreciate it. There, um, you must have just got done with your stream. Um, how was that? Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I like the, his own kind of spin on this, the, the kind of the message that they're doing with the movie. So I like that, that they kind of incorporate that in, in this movie. Um, and I like, I like that a lot. So for its uniqueness in that, I very much appreciate it. That it is not just your traditional demonic kind of possession thing that they put on with their little spin on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so for that, I'm going to give it peak. Um, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? What would be your rating? So me, I... 
there is no secret. I'm a huge fan of horror. I absolutely love seeing that this is a, this is a genre there where we can still get uh, kind of old and very tired concepts, especially like with demonic possession, which is one of my least favorite subgenres of horror because I feel like none of them do anything new with them. You have these very same kind of aspects that you get in every single demon possession movie, like the actor acting crazy, stuff flying towards the wall, a lot of random jump scares that add nothing to the movie. And here you get so much more into the psychological of why why a demonic possession would be so terrifying and why somebody especially in mia's state of mind would seek that out and how much how this movie tackles grief and how the inability to move on can destroy you and everybody around you and i and this movie's ending i'm not gonna say it here but my jaw was aghast i was shocked and terrified of the implications of this ending and i just kind of sat there as the credits rolled on opening night and to this day i have yet to think of a movie that does that to me as besides a marvel movie but there's a reason for that i this is cinema to me this is one of my favorite horror movies of the last couple years i adored this movie i can't wait to see it again i want to show this to every single person that comes to my house wow damn yeah. Loved it that much, huh? Yeah, wow. Uh, high praise from Nick. This is cinema from him and a peak from me. Um, I greatly enjoyed it. Um, I mean, thinking about the, some of the better horror movies of the year, like this and Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. Um, In the last couple years, if we're getting into that, this, Evil Dead Rise, uh, Pearl, The Black Phone, X. Um, Terrifier. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Very much impressed with the movie. Yeah. So... This is Cinema and Peak for uh, Talk to Me. Yeah, uh, yeah, for as many films that bombed in July, it's been a really good month for, for film. Yeah. Um, so we had a great show tonight. A lot of great reviews. I, yeah. I can't remember. Like, when was the last show we did where all movies we did, we gave a high rating to? I'm trying to think. Oof. It's been a minute. Um, it has been a long time. It's like yeah. weeks like this remind me why this job is fun. Yeah, um, we did give great reviews back to back for Barbie and Oppenheimer, though. We did mm. do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, my name Trudy says, I hope uh, this gets a physical release, unlike Barbarian. Barbarian didn't do a physical release, yeah. So. They still haven't given it a physical physical release, which, what the fuck? Yeah, that's crazy. I would love to buy Barbarian, yeah. I'd love a 4K of that movie, yeah, man. Especially since you know they've just taken off shit on streaming services just whenever they want, willy nilly. Yeah. Um, I'd love to buy that. Yeah, uh, especially, con especially considering that's, oh, wait, that's a 20th century movie. Fuck. I was going to make a crack about Warner Brothers, and it was like, yeah, this is why Christopher Nolan left your ass. Yeah. Uh, man, man, man. All right.